welcome to the STEM Sessions podcast, the UK STEM Careers podcast. My name is Natalie Chung and I'm part of the London STEM Ambassadors Hub. Today I'm joined by STEM Ambassador Mimi Isabella Mosu. Mimi Isabella, please introduce yourself. My name is, as Natalie said, Mimi Isabella, and I'm an assistant materials engineer at Sir Robert McAlpine. Part of my role is to assess the materials that we're using in various projects and ensure that's the correct materials being used, where we'll conduct materials testing to ensure it's fit for purpose. We also do site investigations to ensure the ground is fit for purpose. Amazing. So what sort of projects do you work on? So at my job currently, I'm not actually project-based. I'm, I go as and where, so if a project contacts me, I'll go look at their concrete. So recently, I've been on Dunsfold Aerodrome and that project, they're creating a town um, from the old airport. So what I've been doing there was um, some site investigations. So I essentially dug holes in the ground to check what materials underneath there and still be strong enough to hold the town, essentially. So how did you end up getting a job in what you do now? So prior to this role, I used to work as a highways engineer. And I was really interested in the materials property side of things. So the, the pavement design, X, Y, and Z. But I was very unsure if there was actually a role in that. So I took a Google of materials engineering and concrete engineering. And my job came up, which was actually perfect. It was the first one that came up. And I thought, this is perfect. I read for the job description. And so this is exactly what I've been looking for for like two years. <laughs> and then um, I applied for the job and here I am. Amazing. So when you say you used to work in a highways role, what exactly does that involve? As a highways engineer, we worked on roads, cycleways, motorways. That could be new builds, um, maintenance, or just adding like a pavement or X, Y, and Z. My specific role was to coordinate all of the CAD drawings. So that involved speaking to all the different disciplines and ensuring that we were on the right track. So they had they had designed various sections of the highway and I just made sure they all came together, basically. So before your role in highways and before your current role as a materials engineer, you did a degree in civil engineering. And I know you have an interesting story with how you actually ended up doing that degree. <laughs> Could you provide a bit of insight into how that happens? So when I was at school, I had thorough interest in being a doctor. It was set for me. I was like, yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I know I've, I've watched enough of Holby City. I knew exactly what it was. So then um, I started my A-levels. I did my A-levels in biology, chemistry, psychology, and religious studies. And I said, okay, great. This is going really well. But I found A-levels quite difficult, but still pressuring on, pushing through. I said, okay, I'm going to apply for medical school and X, Y, and Z. Unfortunately, I didn't get in, which is fine. So I ended up studying another science degree at university through the clearing process because I didn't get into my original choices. So before I started the science degree, I said, okay, this is not what I want to do, but I'm going to put maximum amount of effort into it. However, during the year of studying, I just wasn't really interested. I just knew it wasn't for me eventually. So I thought, okay, if, I did, if I'm not interested in this, was medicine really for me? However, I had a friend um, who studied at a degree that I actually didn't know what he studied, but he saw me sitting in the common room and he said, oh, do you want to come to my, come to my lecture? I said, okay. I mean, I wasn't really thinking what he did or what he studied, didn't bother asking, just wanted to kind of escape my degree. So I followed him and we sat in the room, there was two women and I said, what degree is this? But before he could even answer, the lecture had started. So the lecture was talking about bridge design. And construction methods. So I sat there for about the hour and a half that it was. And I was making notes, forgetting what degree I was on, that this wasn't mine. I started putting my hand up, started asking questions. The lecturer looked at me and he went, I've never seen you before. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, I'm not in this course. So then at the end, he said, do you want to have a chat? I said, yeah, that's fine. Went to the front. He asked me, why am I here? And I said, oh, my friend just kind of brought me along. But you know, he said, do you know what engineering is? I said, no. Back then I thought an engineer was someone who fixed cars. That's what 
what I've always grown up to know. He said, actually, no. And we have a 50 minute discussion about it. And he said, you should consider civil engineering. This is what you're interested in. Didn't we know what civil engineering was, to be honest, either then? He gave me a brief description about bridge design, the construction of roads, buildings, and X, Y, and Z. And I said, oh, this is really interesting. So with little to no thought, I changed degree. And that was that. So I studied at the University of Portsmouth, and I finished my degree there. And it was fantastic. And I absolutely loved it. And I'll never regret that decision. Amazing. That is really a phenomenal <laughs> story. Really. Um, because there's a lot of young people out there who also have the same perception that you did of what an engineer is. And you would have never chosen to pursue civil engineering if you had to sort of pick something out of a list of university courses. Okay. It was completely by chance. Yeah. And because I went to an all-girls sixth form where the majority of the girls were doing law, pharmacy, medicine, psychology, and engineering wasn't really spoken about. However, now that I think about it, there was one girl who did engineering, but I wasn't sure what the type of engineering it was, and I assumed she wanted to fix cars. So, And I just wasn't really interested in cars at that time. Yeah, it just wasn't really spoken about in my school at all. Well, that's why we want to have STEM ambassadors just like yourself sharing your story through this podcast, through careers, presentations and other STEM ambassador activities in order to showcase the really wide range of different careers that there are out there. No, yeah, definitely. Doing those STEM outreach activities, I've realised it's nothing, not much has changed where people only know of the staple careers. Like people have an interest in chemistry, but they're not sure what to do with it. People have an interest in physics, they're not sure what to do with it. And I just think it's really important to for people to come out and show what they do. I went to a a school the other day and there was a little boy who so was interested in chemistry and I said oh that's fantastic he said oh but I don't know if I can be I just want to be a teacher I said oh but there's so many things you can do with chemistry like for example I have a friend who works in the water industry and he did a chemistry degree he looks at um how to clean water essentially so I was telling this little boy about it he was like wow I've never heard of and I was like this is important like, this is why people should come in and you know share their careers and share their their journeys to it so yeah I really enjoy being a STEM ambassador. It's nice seeing the little kids' faces when you tell them all the different things that they could possibly do and how opportunities are endless. So, yeah. It seems like you work on some large projects, including constructing a whole new town. Yes. You must work in a big team. Could you talk about some of the other roles of people who are working on that project with you? So um, the current project I'm working on where we're essentially creating a town, and there are it's quite a small team at the moment, but they're looking to enlarge it. It's just like this is the starting of the project. So they have the project manager, quantity surveyors, two site managers and then you have like the directors who are on the projects and stuff like that where it's, it's quite nice to see that we can all collaborate together because I thought oh materials what am I what, what do I have to do with the project manager but obviously he oversees the whole project so he needs to know what I'm doing as well which I think is fantastic like he's really even able to support me though not knowing much about my role and I'm not knowing too much about his so it's nice to see how we can all collaborate together yeah it's really good what are some of your favorite parts of your job the learning every day so essentially, when I came from university, I knew about concrete, I knew about materials, but it wasn't as in-depth as I know it now. And um, we did very small testing at university, where it was on very small scale. So to come to work and do it on such a massive scale, and it's kind of directly related to real life, whereas at university, we're just kind of doing it for um, learning purposes and maybe just for like a project or an assignment, et cetera. But to see how it actually affects real projects in real life that's what I enjoy on a daily basis and it's a consistent learning curve you make mistakes you correct them they bring you new challenges you absorb you and engross yourself into those you meet new people x y and z it's mostly that really but I just really enjoy it and I enjoy getting my hands dirty play with mud all day essentially so it's really enjoy it yeah that's great. I love the way you talk about concrete. I think a lot of people wouldn't <laughs> understand how important and interesting the material yeah, can be. It's honestly, it's so, concrete is very diverse. Not all buildings require the same 
ingredients for concrete. Obviously, for certain things, you need a stronger concrete. So you have more cement, more filler, X, Y, and Z. But most of the average person, all concrete looks the same. But when you actually learn about it quite intricately, it's actually very interesting. I did a whole dissertation topic on it. So I hadn't heard about the job title uh, materials engineer before. And I bet a lot of people haven't as well. So with your public engagement and STEM ambassador activities, what are some of the common myths and misconceptions that you hear about your industry? I've had a lot of people say to me that, isn't it for men? Or don't you get dirty? What was another one? What colours my my PPE and stuff like that? And how am I treated on site? But I feel that because I, I'm really engaged in my job, I'm very willing to learn that most people do treat me with respect. I personally haven't had any issues on site. That's not to say that people don't have issues, but I personally have never had any issues on site. And yeah, most times people just really want to know, even if I come to a project and they're not sure exactly what I'm doing, when I explain to them, they're actually really eager to know. I actually had a like a like a meeting room once of people just really interested in what I'm actually investigating. So yeah, mostly people are very interested in what I'm doing or they're like, oh, isn't that just the mud? I'm like, no, 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 it's clay. But yeah, so it's actually quite interesting to actually um, say to people, it's actually the composition of the ground. So people say, oh yeah, that's just mud there. I'm like, no, 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 it's actually mud. It's got sand, it's got X, Y, and Z. So, and it's quite nice to kind of explain the technicalities to people rather than just knowing what everybody else knows. So yeah, I feel quite special. No, that's great. And just like concrete with the ground, it's really important to look at what's there before you proceed with projects. Mm, I feel like that's a part that people forget. Well, maybe the outside of our industry, they forget that you need, the ground needs to be able to hold this. So it's important to know what's there. So yeah, so people just forget that element. And I'm like, no, 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 it's very important. That's what I do. Yeah, it's quite nice to say that my job exists. And because I don't, I don't know many materials engineers as well, especially whereas in my company, it's just me, myself and my manager. Even outside of my organization, I don't know other materials engineers. So it's quite nice to be different. <laughs> That's great. That's really incredible. It seems like you've got your dream job. As well. no, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's really like good. one of very few roles. <laughs> what personal attributes do you feel that you need in your role? I think you need to have good communication skills um, because you speak to a variety of different people on all levels of the organisation. Um, you need to be good with teamwork. You can work in teams of about 50. Um, when I was on the placement year, I worked with 50 people. There was like 100 subcontractors on site. So you need to be able to talk to all of them. You need to be quite outgoing because I feel like, you know, as well as doing your job, you also need to be able to enjoy it. So if you have like a really good personality, it makes the day go quicker and it's easier. And, and if everyone's having fun, the job gets done. So... Um, you need to be physically fit, but not in terms of you need to go to the gym every day or anything like that, but in terms of like walking and be able to walk long distances because sometimes your site office can be on one end of the site and your investigation or the building or designing, et cetera, can be a 20 minute walk away. So yeah, physically fit, 15,000 steps a day should be all right. Um, you need to be, have close attention to detail. There's a lot of things, for example, on drawings that you need to be able to analyze, be able to pick up like significant details that maybe someone else might not be able to pick up. So if you can pick it up, number one, you look really good to your manager. And number two, it just makes you a really good engineer per se. So yeah, I think those are the main attributes that I would cover. And do you enjoy working outside? When it's not raining, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you know what? Working in all sorts of weather has its challenges. So yeah, I actually, I actually really enjoy it. When it's raining, sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, it's raining, but I don't really mind actually. It's kind of fun to kind of, experience the different challenges that come with the weather so yeah apart from when weather stop the works but other than that I don't really mind you get to um they prov- your company should provide you with the relevant clothing for the various weather so should be all right apart from when it's snowing I don't like the snow but 
other than that, it's fine. I enjoy it. How does your work and the materials that you work with affect sustainability? When we are doing, for example, we're doing our concrete reviews, we ensure that the concrete that's being used in, depending on what um, infrastructure that we're building, that that concrete will last about 100 years. So essentially, so we're breaking this couple of years or, for example, if we're doing, for example, the project I was on recently, the ground wasn't stable enough to hold some of the weight of the, the town that we were building on. So we put lime and cement into the mud, per se, to ensure that that, is, that stays stable for that period of time the town will last, town's last centuries. So we're ensuring that we're designing for a, a long period of time, basically. That's amazing. So you know that the things that you're working on will be there for centuries and will be used by people who aren't even born yet. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Outside of your role as an assistant materials engineer, what else do you like to get up to? So when I'm not working, I like to solo travel. So um, I've been to all corners of the earth now um, by myself and by myself and with groups. But recently I've started venturing up by myself. My most recent solo travel was to Barcelona. But prior to that, I've been to Berlin. I went to Prague went to Amsterdam, went to France, went to Southeast Asia, which was a fantastic experience. And it's actually quite nice, actually tying it in with civil engineering, to see how architecture is actually different across the world. And even when I'm out there, I still look at buildings or I see construction sites and I go over to the Harris fencing, the fencing, I go over to the fencing and I'm like, oh, so what are they doing? And, you know, I see people doing a concrete pour. So when I was recently in um, Vienna, they were doing a concrete pour and I went over to the fence and I was like, oh, what grade of concrete are you using? And, you know, like, you know, what's the, the method of pouring and X, Y, and Z. And they were really interested, especially me being a woman that was just like a sightseer saying, oh, how do you know about all of this? And I was like, no, um, back in the UK, this is what I do. And it was quite nice for them to come over and tell me all about what they're doing. So that's really good. Um, I also love learning languages. I speak three different languages. I also love engrossing in different cultures. It's nice to see how people live outside of the UK. You know, everyone's different. Um, our uniqueness makes us so special. I just love meeting new people. So that's why I kind of another reason why I like traveling, because it's just different. It's not your everyday People live differently. And I think that's a really important, it's really important to have that, especially with working. So for example, I said, when I was a highways engineer, I used to work internationally. I feel like that really helped me to be able to communicate with the various people. So yeah, it's actually really applied to my job as well. That's good. What sort of international projects did you work on? So as I was saying before, when I was a graduate highways engineer, part of the discipline who worked on computer aided design, they lived in India. So me traveling around actually assisted me with understanding cultural differences, time zones, and effective ways to communicate with people who live remotely, which actually was quite successful with the project. We were able to communicate with them quite efficiently, um, able to actually give out instructions um, and get the work done, pretty much. That's amazing. I love that your passion for your jobs or follows you when you're traveling, but then you're also able to use um, skills and attributes that you've picked up through your travels back in your job as well. Yeah, definitely. It's nice. Like even when I was talking to, I was talking to someone, I think they lived in Germany and I was like, oh, my favorite city is Berlin and I speak German. So it was quite nice to be able to just kind of relate to somebody on that kind of level as well. So it was really good. Yeah. You've joined our cohort of STEM ambassadors quite recently. What sorts of volunteer activities have you done? So I mostly do school engagements. That could be careers networking events. I've done presentations. Those are the main two that I've done recently. What I enjoy most about them is actually seeing the glee on the children's faces. So not all of them are children. They can be from year seven to year 11. I've also done sixth form, but I've done university actually. And um, it's the glee on people's faces. So for example, when I'm in the secondary schools, 
opening them up to civil engineering, a lot of them like the sciences, but only see the doctor, the lawyer, or et cetera, or other science careers that they know of. So when I say to them, oh, I'm a civil engineer, they go, oh, what's civil engineer? It's quite nice to explain it and see people going, oh, I've seen a construction site, but they weren't exactly sure what was going on or the actual um, technicalities of the job. So it's quite nice to explain those things to students and also put it into practical application. So using Lego, I like Lego, children like Lego. So it's quite fun to kind of show them how working together, you can actually build something quite great. You said that when you were a teenager, you had the expectation that you would study medicine and become a doctor. Would you have any words of advice for other young people who might be following a similar path at the moment? My words of advice would be to keep your options open and to seek out various opportunities. Um, When I was younger, I followed a lot of what my family said and you know people who were around me and what they were doing I know quite a few doctors in my family and stuff like that and I was I now that I look back at it I was doing it because that's what they did so that's all I that's all I knew but I would advise people to be more open and pursue things that they genuinely enjoy not to follow their friends obviously your family will give you all the great advice that they can give but if that's not what you're interested in then pursue what you're interested in also to connect with people. You'll meet so many different people when you're younger and you tend to absorb more when you're younger. So absorb all the information. If you're at that stage, we can take like work experiences and things like that. Definitely take those. You can see what's actually out there. And importantly, to ask questions. I feel like that's what I didn't do when I was younger. I didn't ask any questions. I just thought the sciences will take me to be a, being a doctor and that was that. So definitely ask questions. To wrap up with one final question, if there's one thing that you wish the general public knew about concrete, what would it be? That concrete and cement are not interchangeable. Yeah, definitely. I've heard people say, oh, the cement. I'm like, I think you mean concrete. And they're like, no, it's it's the same thing. No, it's not. What's the difference? Cement is an ingredient to make concrete and concrete is the final product. So I just wish people knew that. (laughs) That's the one thing. And not all concrete is the same. All concrete is very different. The concrete you'll see on the pavement is very different to the concrete you'll see in a building. It's very different to the concrete you'll see in a bridge. It's very different to the concrete you'll see in other infrastructure. Yeah, definitely. That's a good one. I'm glad we (laughs) ended on that because, yeah, that's a big uh, misconception. (laughs) Really does my head in. Thank you so much for being our guest today on today's episode of STEM Sessions. Thank you so much, Mimi Isabella. We're really glad that you joined us and shared your interesting education and career path to date. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really hope everyone gains something from this today. I'm sure they will. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. And be sure to tune in next week where we'll have Natalie interviewing Shah Ravi, a senior consultant at Capgemini. Thank you.